it's not just talking cards. It's a collection conversation with the pros. This is Off Center with Tony Reed. Hey, this is Off Center with Tony Reed, back for our newest episode, episode five. It's definitely a special one for you and I. Mr. Chad Evans here with me again. It's good to be with you. I guess we can't find another host or another guest host. I don't want another guest host. All right, fine. I'm in it. I told you that at the end of four. I'm in it to win it. All right. I'm in it now. Now Now we're doing it. This one is special for both of us. Yeah. But probably a little more for you. Well, maybe. The Mick, not Mantle, Mickey Morandini. The second Mickey in baseball. The second Mickey in baseball. Indiana University standout, played for Team USA, sure-handed second baseman for the Phillies, the Phils, the Philadelphia Phillies. The, you you bleed and sweat and I pray do. and eat. I do. I love my Phillies. Phillies. Baseball. And what to follow up a Lenny Dykstra interview than Mickey Morandini. Uh, Mickey Morandini was really cool. Like I envision him, like I remember him um, with the hat, the mullet, and turning that uh, that triple play all by himself yep. when he tagged out Bonds there on second base. The unassisted triple play. Yeah. I, for some reason, connected with Mickey Morandini. I don't know why. You know, I played infield my whole life in, in Little League Baseball. I was mostly catcher. You know, so you think that's my Darren Dalton days. Yeah. But yeah. it wasn't. Drawn Because I wore number 12 for Mr. Morandini. Very cool stuff. So as we know, the Phils selected Mordini in the fifth round of the 88 draft. He went on to anchor the middle infield for the city of brotherly love for almost a decade. He was an all-star in 95. Who was the shortstop? Steve Jeltz. No. He, remember the Dickie? We had the Dickie Thon, Thon conversation yeah. on the way down. They had their little. Mariano Duncan. Mariano Duncan, yeah. Man, oh man, those names. I was telling you before before we got on air, I grew up with Pirates and and yeah. somewhat of a Yankees fan, so I'm watching those teams, and if I went to Nan Mayer's, to the Mayer's, my grandparents went over to their house, it was Phillies all day, every day, all summer long, so I enjoyed me some Phillies. They weren't my team, but, you know, being in Pennsylvania, you know, you enjoy some Philly ball. Man. So, yeah. You know, here we are. Last weekend was the start of spring. Yeah. Uh, April 1st, opening day for the Phils, and... The thing is, summer's right around the corner. It's baseball time. It is. Get your radios out. Get a cooler full of your best friends. I know you're not a drinker, Tony. (laughs) But get a cooler full of your best friends. Go out into the backyard and enjoy summertime. I can't wait. Uh, but go ahead, please. So it's, Give me the stats on Morandini. <laughs> nah, we don't need to go there. He was more than stats. Come on. We don't, he is more than we stats. Don't, we don't want to go there. But He's he a really was. great guy. He was the kind of the, I mean, we talked about Nails kind of being the heart and soul of some of those Philly teams a little bit later on. But Morandini, man, he was as sure as, as sure as it came, especially in the field. And in our conversation, of course, we talked cards. We talked about the 88 Tops traded Team USA card. We talked about all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, he was had some great stories about you know the Olympics and and of course the Phillies. We talked about the triple play, the NSS triple play. We talked about talked about all kinds of stuff. But beyond that, beyond the interview, if anyone's listening, they mm-hmm. know we're working on a whole other mm-hmm. side project. We're trying to do a TV pilot or a pilot. We actually we drove down Glen Mills, PA recently. You and I we met the Mick in person. Yeah. Yeah, just like he's a brother to us, <laughs> or a, right. a long-distance cousin. That's right. 
It was really, really cool. I kept it together really well. Well, let me share. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share the whole story. We're going to pull the curtain back a bit. <laughs> so we're driving down. We're getting close. We're getting real close according to Waze. We're within seconds of his house, right, of the, of the place he's living in. And uh, we pull in. I kind of parked to the side to get our bearings. You know, we text him. He's on his way. He's going to meet us here. All right. So we go to pull in, right? We pull in. As we're parking, out steps Mickey Morandini, Philly's hat on and all. Chad lost his shit. No, I didn't. So, and I, 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 I was degree. okay. I was okay. I think I just said, oh my God, it's Mickey. It's Mickey. It's Mickey. So I look over at Chad. I'm like, all right, let's get it out of our system now. We're going to let it out. And then we're going to go act like we're professionals about this. Yeah, uh, which is pretty much how it went down. So what what's happening is we're filming TV pilots. We're trying to put uh, produce a show, a TV show that you can actually watch to see Tony Reed do his thing and talk about uh, baseball cards, memorabilia. It's uh, the the working title, Super Collectors. Yeah, I'm, I guess, the videographer or the producer or whatever you want to call all it. the above. You're yeah. the talent, uh, and you're use like we're loosely. And you're like, hey, let's go uh, to Mickey Morandini's house. So I said, okay. <laughs> um, so that's basically the backstory. We pull in, and there's Mick with a Phillies hat on. Of all things, like just walking out. You know. And I just went back to 93 for four seconds. And I, when you do that as a 40-year-old and you go back in time for a little bit, you kind of lose yourself a little bit. It wasn't that long. It was fantastic. It was great. It I was, think it was, I think I said, "Oh my God, Mickey! Oh my God, it's Mick!" I think that's how it went. And then we got out of the system, and then we yep. went. We got out of the car, and everything yeah. was fine. And um, what a great experience, though! That it was really, really, was. really cool. And he was beyond cool, beyond yeah. cordial, beyond friendly. And we did the interview. It went incredibly well i said to chad when we left like i don't even think i looked down at my notes like it was just so conversational that it went really well we cut that you basically did an interview with him he was super cool you guys had an awesome interaction it was just it's all around cool yeah time. i had to yeah you know yeah. and then yeah. and you know it's really tough to say the name mickey morandini by not giving the Harry Callis impression, mm. you know, so you have to be like Mickey Morandini. You have to do that. <laughs> and that's how you have to say the name. And he told me, he goes, Hey, that's pretty good. And that's it. That's it. I mean, what else do I have to do? I don't know. So, uh, I asked him a lot of questions and, uh, Mickey Morandini is an ambassador of the Phillies. And, uh, which is great. A perfect person. For that job. And uh, we talked about golf. We talked about the Phillies. Um, I went home. We went home. It was over. And three days later in the mail, I have an envelope addressed from Morandini. <laughs> and uh, I came home after a long day of work. I have a thousand kids at the house. <laughs> it's a house of horrors. I don't want to talk about that. It's not what this podcast is all about. But you come home. And then there's an envelope marked Morandini, and it says Chad Evans on there. And I open it up, and there were six cards signed by Mickey Morandini. That's and they're all awesome. you know, rookies and right out of his personal collection. That's ridiculous. And then you have your daughters, like, who's that? And why did he write on that? Why did he draw on the card? <laughs> you know? That's great. And I said, someday you're going to understand. 
So uh, I hope Mickey Moore and Dean listens to the podcast. I can't thank you enough. It was the coolest thing ever. Uh, my wife will never understand the joy <laughs> that it brought me. My kids will never understand the joy that it brought me. But my 13-year-old self was like, this is the greatest day of my life. Yeah. So thanks to Mickey Moore and Dini. Pretty cool that we get to do this. It's just, it's it truly is. Like we talk all the time off off the record, off the air. Like yeah. to do this, like it makes everything else worthwhile. It makes every other piece of BS going on, every other job, every yeah. other, it just makes it all all worthwhile. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, so you go home and you're like, hey, I just hung out with Mickey Morandini. You talk to your friends about it. And then you talk to, you know, other people to be like, boy, you must be making a big buck filming that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Tony and I talk about it all the time. We're like, we didn't get paid nothing. Not not a cent. No. And uh, they're like, well, I wouldn't have done that. I said, exactly. Yep. That's, that right, that's, that's the problem. Yep. Yep. It does you got you time. How many things you're still walking and talking, man, to meet people. Things it I've doesn't done matter for free. Yeah, that are like the tip top of the coolest things I've ever done. List. You know what I mean? Like ninety percent of it is free or very little pay. I mean, if that's what you're doing it for, we like don't want should. to get into a Gary V podcast. No. <laughs> that or <laughs> if you want me to, if you want me to unload, I can unload. <laughs> But we're talking about <laughs> collecting baseball cards yeah. and meeting our idols. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so here's your podcast with yeah. uh, Mickey Morandini. So a great interview. Like I said, we talked about him seeing the, the rookie card. And he, aside from all the cool stuff in the cards, he's a legit collector. Like, he has mm-hmm. a legitimate collection. He's a Lakers fan. He's a Magic Johnson fan. He has autographed baseballs, which for obvious reasons, he collected a lot of baseballs, but like Michael Jordan autographed baseball, Scottie Pippen ball. He met these guys when the Phillies were at their height. You know, he's on like late night TV, just some really, really cool stuff. He collected game used bats from his teammates and guys that he, you know, respected and appreciated. So he has like a hundred game used bats of, you know, all time Phillies greats and opponents. And so legitimate, legitimate collector his sons are into it now they're into like the non-sports stuff some pokemon some of that some of the kids are into sports so like and that's always a plus too and we can talk to a guy who legitimately is into what we're talking about i mean that makes it again just a whole another level of cool and excitement and fun so well it's super cool so here it is mickey morandini mr mickey mickey morandini how are you doing sir i'm doing great how are you doing well if i could spit out an intro i'd be doing all right It's a hard name to say. Only Harry Callis could say my name right. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get tripped up on that. I was talking NL, ML, NL. Yeah, anyhow. So uh, as a high-level athlete, you know, you, you were a star in college at Indiana, like we said, uh, an Olympian. Do you remember the very first time you were asked for your autograph? And if so, could you share the story with us? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I remember the very first time, but... Uh... Um, you know, I think it would have had been um, right after the Olympics, probably. I think that's when I really started to get noticed. I think I did a card show, if I'm not mistaken, after the Olympics. Because I had been drafted by the Phillies, and I was you know, getting ready. I had already signed um, and getting ready to start my minor league career. But I don't really know who it was or who it was with. I think it was a... Um, I think it was a local, I'm from the Pittsburgh area, and I think it was a local, you know, uh, like little little shop that sold, you know, uh, baseball cards and some memorabilia and yeah. stuff, and I did a little 
little card show because I was pretty good friends with him. His name was Kenny, and he owned a little card shop called, called Kenny's Card Shop. So That's I think awesome. that was really the first. Yeah, it was really the first. Um, uh, you know, start to uh, sign and what, what is, has become a lot of autographs. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. And uh, as 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 a high level athlete, like we said, you know, spent well over a decade in the bigs. Do you have a memorable fan interaction? I know you, you know Philly fans are rabid. I'm from 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 Pennsylvania, so I know all well uh, about Philly fans. Do you have a and do you do you have a particular story that might be top of mind from from any particular interaction with a fan? Well, hopefully I can say this over uh, an interview, but I remember early in my career with the Phillies, I think it was my first or second year, um, at Old Veteran Stadium, we used to have to come up through the tunnel, a tunnel that led to our, our little uh, parking area. I was outside. Um, it's a lot different from what athletes have today. They're all indoor parking, and they don't have to go through the, the, the fans. But we had to go through the fans to get to our car, and I can remember one fan asked me to sign her boob. So um, I think that's the that, that's the most memorable one. Um, I think I declined. Uh, I, I, I never liked to sign any skin, no matter where it was. Um, so I think I. I think I declined and opted for like the, you know the top of her shirt or shoulder or something like that. But that's probably the most outrageous one that I've ever had. That's the that's the classic, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's had that happen. Too. <laughs> So uh, speaking of cards, uh, your rookie card was the 1988 Tops traded. It actually was you and your Team USA gear. Do, do you remember the first time you saw yourself on a trading card, whether it was that one or, or another one? Yeah, it was that one, absolutely. I, there were two Olympic cards that came out, and I remember the Tops trade when it has, uh, you know, it's the face shot of every, yep. there were 20 players on that team, and it has the, I think they came out with a set that had maybe, 20 to 25 because I think when they came out with a set the um, team had not been determined yet there were still a few cuts they had to make so I know Pat Combs and a couple other guys were on that um, card set that did not make the team but uh, it was it was pretty cool that's that's for sure uh, my first card um, I always I actually have a, a, a memorabilia piece where I have all those those cards in a little like frame type of thing and every once in a while I have it up on the wall I'll look at it and I'm like man I was really young back then and sure you know I was you know I was about 20 what 22 I think at the time so um yeah but I look at it a lot and uh it, it was a pretty special card you know we went on a win of the gold medal that year yeah. uh, in Seoul Korea so that was a pretty special card for all of us really Heck yeah, that's a classic set from the from my childhood. Actually, do you that, that begs the question? Do you have a an office, a room, a man cave? You mentioned that hanging on the wall. Do you have an area where you have kind of a bunch of you know memorabilia and things like that displayed? I do. I'm, I actually became a big memorabilia fan when I made it to the big leagues because I was like, you know, I'm meeting all these great athletes and I'm doing all these card shows with you know, athletes from other sports, and I really need to take advantage of this. Um, so I did. I, I collected when I played. I have over 500 baseballs signed. Wow. Um, I have I have bats signed from only guys I played with, so I probably have, you know, a collection of, uh, you know, 50 to 75 bats that I really wanted from guys I played with that were on my team. Um, I have memorabilia. You know, I have some signed football helmets, some footballs, uh, some I'm a big Laker fan, so I have a lot of Lakers stuff. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the Laker 
a great uh, um, it's a it's a photo of uh, uh, Kareem uh, Magic West uh, Chamberlain and uh, who's the fifth Elgin Baylor I believe and it's it's a you know it's a picture of their faces and I have that side that's probably wow. one of my most uh, favorite favorite pieces so yeah I did I don't collect really much anymore. Um, but I sure did when I played. That's for sure. That's incredible stuff. So, speaking of cards again, did you did you man to ha- manage to hang on to, to any cards throughout your career, or even you know after post career? Yeah, you know, I was more of a set type of guy than individual cards. My favorite card of all time is the Magic Johnson rookie card, where it's the three like trifold piece with yeah, him. Bird, Doctor J, and Magic. Doctor J yeah. or Bird. Yeah, I have that card. That's my all time favorite card. That's I still awesome. have that one. Um, but mainly I have sets, and I think my sets go back to about the, the mid-70s is when I started. And most of them are tops, but uh, when I played, there were so many card companies out when I played. I mean, um, so I, I do have some sets from all those other companies that came out through, you know, through the, the 90s and the early 2000s there. But uh, I do have my, uh, my top sets. Rating, uh, ranging back from I think the early, early to mid seventies. So um, that's something I'm gonna, you know, obviously hang on to and hand down to my kids. Heck yeah, that that Bird Magic rookie. That's I mean the market's gone crazy since the pandemic hit. That card, yeah. where do you? It goes up and pray. It goes up in value every day. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you know I I, I haven't had it um, PSA. You know. Um, I probably should do that because um, I know it is a little off-center, so it's definitely not a 10, but uh, uh, it's still a pretty cool card to have, I think. Yeah, back in the day, there, they didn't, you know, they just printed them. You know, there were print spots. They were off-centered. It wasn't like it is today. That, you know, you got the card in a pack, and that's what it was. I mean, that, that set had serious right. problems with that kind of stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, of cards again, as a kid, did you, did you collect any type of cards or memorabilia or anything like that when you were a youngster? Yeah, I did collect some cards, and, and the sad part about it is I don't think I kept them. I you know I put them in a shoebox and you know sort through them here and there. I collected a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball, mainly baseball. But uh, yeah, that's one I'm really kicking myself because I'm <laughs> sure I had some really really good you know solid baseball cards from the because i was born in 66 so I, I probably started collecting cards you know probably early mid 70s yeah. and that's when all the you know the cards really started to take off and yeah i'm i'm uh i'm kicking myself for that one but uh you know nothing i can do about it now yeah. but uh yeah i definitely definitely collected and um i was you know i was always into baseball at a young age baseball and basketball so uh uh, I did all that stuff when I was young. Yeah. So once you got to the to, to the bigs yourself and had an you know extended career, did you have any teammates that were into collecting, whether it be cards or memorabilia, or you know, like you said, a lot of guys you know traded bats or, or signed balls and things like that. I mean, I, I think the, the one player and I didn't play with him, but I coached him, um, and he just retired. And I'm trying to remember his name because I'm getting old and I forget names now. Um, he was a reliever for us for about three years. Oh, Pat Nishak. Um, yeah. Pat Nishak. He's got one of the biggest card yeah. collections. From what I understand, now I haven't seen his collection, but I know on every road trip he was trying to get some people to sign his cards, and <laughs> uh, he was a huge collector. So I think he's got one of the biggest card collections of, you know, in the States, if I'm not mistaken. That's... So 
Uh, he's the one guy that I know really collected. Heck yeah. Now, one of the other series, kind of like a, a spinoff of what I do, uh, it's called Card Back Q&A. So I literally went back, found some cards, flipped over the back, because we know back in the day there were always fun facts on cards. So I right. have, I have right. three or four questions for you, and you can just confirm, okay. deny, or give me your opinion of, of said comment on your card. Okay. So if they're true or not, all right. Yeah, 1991 score. They must only had so much material because on your 91 score and the 91 score rookies and even on your 1992 score on the back, among other things, it said hard-nosed and gung-ho. <laughs> well, hard-nosed was definitely sure. I don't know about gung-ho, but uh, I'm definitely – you know, I was one of those guys that – you know, I, I made the most out of my ability. I didn't have the strongest arm, you know, the fastest wheels and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I always had the motto, I'm not going to let anybody outwork me. And uh, that that, uh, that was something I was pretty proud of. So Yeah. So, uh, 1992 studio. Those were all. Those were the fun cards. Where they were all. I remember those. Shots. Yeah, <laughs> I remember those. Yep. <laughs> that had a plethora yep. of, of info. There's a couple ones. One was you majored in elementary ed at Indiana. We know that. Another that, one was your, fa- your favorite singer was Prince, which is pretty cool. Is, is that a fair statement? That is a fair statement. I was a big, huge uh, Prince fan. You know, I was into Michael Jackson, Earth, Wind, and Fire, that type of music, Commodore. So yeah. Prince was uh, uh, definitely one of my favorite uh, artists for sure. Yeah, and another you mentioned the Lakers already on the back of the same card. It said you'd like to meet Magic Johnson. So, a I'm assuming that's true, but did it ever happen? I guess is the ultimate question. It has not happened. I'm still uh, that's still on the bucket list. Uh, I was hoping when he took over as part owner for the Dodgers that he'd be at a Dodger game when I was coaching. Yeah, Um, but I only I only ended up coaching for a couple years and. I haven't had that opportunity yet, so hopefully uh, it's still out there for me. I'm hoping someday I get to go to a card show or something where maybe he's signing as well and uh, I get the opportunity to meet him. But, uh, yeah, that's still on the bucket list. Heck, yeah. In 1993, Golden Moments, it was a, a kind of like a subset or insert set. It, it, it chronicled the unassisted triple play versus Pittsburgh in 92, obviously a, a big moment for yeah. It literally, like, played it out from beginning to end, you know, that, you know, Vance Lake was on, Bonds was on, you know, King hit a liner, like, it literally played the, the whole scenario out. So the question is, what are your memories from that, that play, that, that historic day? Yeah, I mean that's one play that uh, will never, uh, I'll never forget. Uh, just uh, a situation where you know Leland sent the runners with with no outs, which usually you don't do because of the line drive situation. You might end up getting doubled up or something like that. But he sent the runners, and the funny thing about that play is it lasted all of maybe five seconds. You know, <laughs> yeah. I dive for the ball, catch it, take two steps, tramp on second, and then as the card shows. Um, Tag Barry Bonds for the third out, like I said, lasted all of five seconds. And, um, you know, I really didn't realize the importance of the play or the historic part of that play until after the game when all the reporters came up to me and said, uh, I was the first second baseman to turn an unassisted triple play in the regular season, and I was the ninth ever to do it in the history of the game. So, obviously, a, a pretty cool moment. Now, this, you might not even believe this. This is God's honest truth. My grandmother, rest her soul, was a huge Phillies fan. She'd be playing the games, you know, on TV every 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 chance she got. And uh, my aunt, her, and I, this is God's truth. 
we were headed to that game. We were in the parking lot. We heard the the fans, you know, roar and erupt, and it's like, you know, we were obviously clearly late for the game. We we were literally uh, literally walking through the parking lot. Can <laughs> that, that play happen? I swear. Oh my! <laughs> what are the odds of that? So you- you missed it by about five minutes then, huh? Probably, yeah, yeah, literally. Probably not much more than that. It was unbelievable, but, yeah, so anyhow, not not, not that this is about me, but the next one, 1993 studio card, you know, after the 92, we follow up with the 93, it said, and I, I'm with you here if this is true, Pet Peeve is driving slow in the passing lane. <laughs> yeah, that's still a pet peeve of mine, and... Really pisses me off because normally you know you're you're going seventy or whatever, and they're going fifty, and you're waiting and you're waiting and waiting. What really pisses me off is when I pass them on the right hand side, get back over to the left hand lane, and then they get over. Yeah, right yeah. after you pass them. That, that's what really pisses me off. So yeah, that's still one of my pet peeves for sure. Yeah, I'm on the road a lot. Me too. I'm on 80, Interstate 80 a lot. Yeah, I, I, that that does, doesn't take long to get to get the blood boiling on that one. <laughs> yeah, it also makes me angry when a truck will get over right in front of me, and it takes him 20 minutes to pass the truck that he wants to pass. Yeah. And I look behind me, and there's absolutely nobody behind me. Like he couldn't wait for me to get by him to come over. And that that. That chaps me too. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on there. And uh, the last of the yep. card back Q and A, the same card. Like I said, studio. They were, they were, they were good for so, for some content. Um, favorite player as a kid was Al Oliver. Is that is that true? Yes, that is very true. He was. I was from Pittsburgh. Uh, he obviously played in Pittsburgh for a number of years, and just I just uh, grew up loving the way he hit the baseball. I, I truly believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but uh, just yeah, one of my all-time favorite players. I was a, I always wanted to be an outfielder when I was young, and he was a good outfielder. He could run a little bit, uh, played a little first base, but he could hit some line drives like nobody else. And uh, just uh, you know, from being from Pittsburgh, it was one of my guys that I always always followed. Awesome. And I did get, I have had a chance to meet him, so that was pretty cool. Previous podcast episodes, we talked about kind of our interview subject. And we would do a little digging and see some of the cooler items that are available online through auction or eBay or StockX or wherever it may be. And in our buy it now section, the highest price Mickey Mordini item on eBay, when I last checked, mm. we'll both appreciate this. Williamsport Crosscutters game worn home white jersey. Nice. 150 bucks. Oh, dude, that would be cool. That's a steal. Yeah, that'd His be cool. worn when he was managing it up there. That would be cool. pretty sweet. Yeah, That's the highest price Morandini item on eBay, hundred fifty bucks. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. So the best that was the highest price item. His best card. This is our cardboard section. BGS nine point five, which is gem mint, the eighty eight tops traded rookie, can be yours for thirty four ninety seven. I think I have that autographed. You do? Do I? Yeah. Is that one? In That's the-, the one right behind us right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, just, I mean, just uh, an all-around super fun episode. Obviously, it, selfishly, it was fun, but it was awesome yeah. to see you get yeah, to interact no, with Yeah, no, it's Nick. a whole thing. And then just yep. every bit and piece of it with the interaction, with how cool he was, the care package you got, and now trying to turn that into part of our our TV pilot show thing. It's just a pretty cool pretty cool all-around episode. Well, thanks, Mick. Yeah. We appreciate it. You have no idea. Yeah, thank you so much. That's going to wrap up this episode. Well, who's next? 
Move on. Move on. The hit dog. All right. Big dog. Mo. We're not slowing down now. All right. We'll go again. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Next episode. Move on.